Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. We had a question that came up um, in this discussion, and this is how the question went, and we're going to deviate from it, I'll admit, from it somewhat, but we're going to still maybe answer some of what they're asking. It says, how to rationalize, we are in the question series, and the person asks, how to rationalize faith over scientific claims against religion, okay? And so today, whether we want to admit it or not, we are being bombarded with ideas. Some of them are from the Holy Spirit, and some of them are from the man, and some of them are from the devil. Amen. But nevertheless, they are ideas that sometimes seem or are contrary to what God tells us in the Scripture. There are those who challenge the credibility of the Scripture. There are those who challenge the existence of God. And some would believe more in evolution than they would a creation story or a Big Bang Theory. I do believe there was a Big Bang, but not like you thought it was. Amen. God said, let there be. I believe in the Big B. Amen. He said, let there be. And it was a Big B. Amen. And there was. I believe that things popped out of nowhere. I believe that God is the originator of it. But some might say that your faith diminishes your reasoning or your rationalization or your mind or your intellect. And what I want to do today is just to show you um, in Scripture partly that God, um, that he's, he cooperates with our intellect. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't come against our intellect. He doesn't shun us or say it's a sin to be intellectual or to be smart. It's okay to use your brain. We'll see that in Scripture. And so whether you believe it or not, your young people are going to be asking questions, even if you're not. And even unbelievers are going to be asking questions. And as believers, we cannot duck our heads in the sand for the sake of faith. What, what do you mean? I, in other words, we can't put our head in the sand and say there's not a question out there that they're asking. No, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the ability to be able to answer the questions. And if we didn't answer it with words, let us answer it with power. Amen. And let us demonstrate it. That's why we need miracles more than ever. Matter of fact, that's one of the points at the end. We need God to begin to release healing signs and wonders and miracles again. He already is doing it, but we have to ask him for a greater influx of that. Amen? Because whether you believe it or not, young people are getting shot at spiritually. And when your revelation of God diminishes, your character will diminish. People wonder why there's such a de uh, demoralization of young people and where a day where you're hearing bisexual and homosexual conversations happen more and more. And we act like it's not going on. But for some of them, there are some people over slumber parties, and they're doing more than sleeping. Amen. Y'all with me? That can happen. They're doing more than just playing video games. Amen. And there are things that are happening, and whether we admit it or not, there is a crisis that we have to stand up and say, no, there is still a standard. Amen. There is still truth. And not only do we speak it, but we live it, and we can, de we can demonstrate it. Amen. So let's just talk about that. Amen. So I put it like this when I came into the title. I said, God, faith, and science. Amen. 
It's going to be a unique subject. By the way, science is not a sinful word. Amen. Glory to God. I'm not a Scientologist Christian, by the way. Amen. Whatever they, whatever that's called. Amen. And I'm not, and I'm not proclaiming as we teach this that I do know um, all of the different laws and the different, uh, the, the different scientific claims. I don't even know a lot of them. I'm, I'm just going to be just, just to be upfront with you. But I believe there's some basis in Scripture that will help us, and not only Scripture, but in personal, in my personal life, that will help us to understand this rationalization. So, science encompasses two thoughts, uh, observation and experiment, okay? So, basically, science is really about can I observe it and can I experiment on it? And I think when I think about experiment, I think about being able to test something, amen? And so, that's what science does. Faith, in a sense, and obviously, we have Hebrews 11, verse 1 to, to help us, but faith deals with the idea of it goes beyond natural observation, amen? The Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. And in the KJV, it says faith is the evidence or substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is an evidence. Say it's the evidence. Okay, that's what science operates off of, what? Evidence. So faith is a type of evidence. It's just the supernatural evidence. Are y'all with me? So Here's the thing. So now faith is the substance because some of us say, well, I don't question God. See, let me say this to you. You can be, you can be a theist, which means you believe in God in some areas of your life, and be an atheist in other areas. You can be an atheist theist. What does that mean? Okay, many people can believe God to save them from hell, but they don't have that same type of faith for him saving their finances. And you know how I know? Because when it comes to giving, they reason it out. Y'all not talking to me. Because they said it doesn't make sense. But then it doesn't make sense all the way how you got saved, but you still believe that. So we believe salvation from hell, but we don't believe salvation in our finances. All right? Some people believe in salvation. Some people believe in salvation from he- and for, to go to heaven, but they don't believe in, in salvation in their marriage. Amen. They believe in my principle is my principle. I'm going to work it out with my principles and my ways and my ideas. Come on, marriage ministry. I got to help me out. But how many know God created marriage and we should go to the creator to find out how to work the thing? Amen. Somebody said, I, I, believe, I believe that God exists, but I don't believe that I should seek God about my parenting skills. Amen. But how many believe, how many know that God is the best parent ever? Amen. So in some areas, we, 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 we kind of partial sometimes with our faith. We believe that we're going to heaven, but that's about all we believe. We believe that he saved, but that's about all we believe. We don't apply our faith to every area of our life. So part of our lives, are we're atheists. Come on, let's just be honest. We don't believe God exists in those areas or he can infiltrate those areas. You know, there are some people that don't even believe that you can still be healed today. They believe that that's all done away with. Come on now. There's a part of God they don't believe that still operates anymore, healing. So we have to be careful that we're not atheists or if, we're, if you, you want to go even further, you say, well, it's not really atheist, but you don't apply your faith in certain areas. Come on now, because you say it just doesn't make sense. Amen. Tongues doesn't make sense, so it's not real. Y'all with me? That's what some people may say. Uh, do I speak in tongues? Sure, I speak in tongues. But some people say it doesn't make sense. And so we're going to talk about that today because we're going to talk about the balance of reasoning. And somebody say, well, I believe God is a healer. Well, who do you call on when you're sick? 
Who's the first person you call on? Well, I, I, I call on a doctor. Which doctor? Doctor at Moses Cone. Then I call on the other doctor after that, and I praise him. Yeah, but, and, and I understand that. But listen, in your heart of hearts, who do you truly believe is going to bring the healing? Because God created the hands that heal, that help to do surgery. He created those hands. So indirectly, he's responsible for every healing, every miracle, every type of restoration to the physical body. My sister is a doctor. I'm not against doctors. Amen. By the way, her, her name is Faith, and she's a doctor. Luke was a doctor. He was a physician. And he helped the right, I would say, a lot. He helped, he helped a lot with the advancement of the knowledge of Christ. You know, and, and I believe sometimes in the church we have our, you know, our kids come home and ask us those questions, and we get offended because we can't answer it. And we try to, we, we shoot them down, but they have real questions like, why do people die? And why, why does God send people to hell? And, and why are people still dying if God is such a good God? And I'm going to say this, if we don't open up for conversation, not necessarily debate, but at least conversation, we may lose some people because we're not willing to seek God out on that answer. Can I get an amen? So we're talking about faith, God. Science. So we, we realize that faith is an evidence. It says it's the evidence of things that are not seen. And, and by the way, all of, all of my family, we all, have, we all have degrees. Amen. So before I go any further, I just want to make sure you understand that we are educated beings. Amen. Glory to God. But I do believe it's a problem. I hope you see today that there's a paradigm that's going to come where education is not the end all or end all. Amen. There's a higher level of education. Amen. We're saying go for more education. Amen. It's a higher level of education. It's not a doctorate. Amen. It's a higher level than a doctorate. Glory to God. You can have 10 doctors and still not have this education. So there's a higher level of education. So we want to open up to that idea. Acts chapter 17, verse 27 says this. We can go there, and I have some of the scriptures if you can help me out on the screen. I have them listed on the top. Acts 17, verse 27. It says, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps do what? Feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not what? He's not what? He's not far from any of us. But he's saying, guess what? I, want, I wanted them to kind of seek me out, to feel me out. There's nothing wrong with people exploring, because I believe if you explore hard enough, God will meet you. Amen. I believe everybody, when you got saved, you weren't thinking about Jesus. You were just seeking a better life. Amen. But you didn't know that maybe the better life was connected to Jesus. Amen. And you end up finding Jesus. Look at what says this. So, um, let's go to um, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. So as we're starting off, I just want to start off with some basis of Scripture because there's some points I want to give and then we'll get out your way because I know everybody's got hamburgers on the grill right now and you got to get back home to catch them. Amen. By the way, be careful with that. Amen. Romans chapter 1. I just had to give my plug. Amen. Romans 1 verse 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who do what? Suppress. So what does sin do? Sin suppresses the truth. All right. Listen, let me say this to you. For the majority of Jesus' teachings, he never was trying to prove God existed. You never see that. You know why? Maybe because he said, I don't, I, I don't have to necessarily prove that he exists because, first of all, I'm walking in power. Amen. I don't have to talk about it. But I would also venture to say that back then there was not as much of a question of God's existence. 
How many ever questioned, God, do you really exist? Come on, raise your hand. Y'all so deep and so spiritual. So y'all came out the womb believing God exists. Let me do it one more time. How many ever questioned whether or not God existed? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you never questioned? So you came out the womb believing God existed. Amen. We'll keep moving. All right. Suppress the truth by their wickedness. Verse 19. Look at what it says. They know the truth about God because he has made it what? Wow. Hold up. The scripture is telling us that God has made something obvious to us. Have you ever been talking to somebody? You said, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be as clear as I can. You're still not getting it. His Bible says he has made it obvious to them. But that's the power of sin. It suppresses. Look at what it says in verse 20. It says, forever since the world was created, people have do- done what? Y'all see them trees out there? Y'all see that blue sky? It's so pretty, isn't it? I mean, who could put, who could put all that in one seed? All that came from one seed, those green trees. I'll let you look outside for two seconds. All that came from one seed. You couldn't figure that out if you thought a million years. But God did. Look at what it says. For ever since the world was created, let's look back at the screen. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God, what? They can, what? So there's a quality in that tree outside that reflects God. There's quality in the sky that reflects God. And it says, clearly sees invisible qualities, his what? Eternal power and what? Divine nature. So we know that the earth is a, is a total expression of God, who he is. But sin suppresses that. So they have what? So in Scripture, it tells us that there's no excuse for being an atheist, for not knowing God. There's no excuse. And it says, verse 21, look at what it says. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even what? Give him thanks. Okay? So when your worship dwindles, your knowledge of God can dwindle as well. And they began to think of what? Foolish ideas of what? What God was like. Well, I think God is like this, and I think God is like that, and I think God is like this. It doesn't really matter what we think God is like. The, the question is, is it based on truth? Y'all with me? All right, so begin to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became what? Dark and what? Confused. Look at what it says. Verse 22. Claiming to be what? Wise. Wow. There's some wise people in this world. At least they claim it. Amen. And it says they instead became what? Amen. With all our degrees, if we're not careful, we won't become wise, but we can all become what? Out of fools. Amen. Verse 23. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds. And birds. So they start worshiping his creation rather than him, the creator. So we see that there's a diminishing of our mindset when we cease to worship God and we cease to give him thanks. I believe that's why some people, when they have trials and tribulations, that sometimes is the greatest moment for them to give up their faith in God. Why? Because they're offended and they're hurt. And when you're offended and you're hurt, 
you may be less likely to give God thanks and praise. And if you don't give him thanks and praise because you're so hurt, then that means that the enemy can creep in your mind because worship is like a security system for your mind. It keeps you in a place, come on now, where your mind is protected from the lies of the enemy. And can I tell you this? If it had not been for the mercy of God, you would have been one lie away from losing your mind. Y'all ain't talking to me today. That's the power of worship is that worship keeps your mind guarded. Y'all ain't talking to me. Thanksgiving keeps your mind guarded. Okay, let me give you another scripture about Thanksgiving. It says, don't, don't, don't be anxious about anything. But what? With prayer. Make it, thanksgiving and prayer. Make your requests known. Philippians chapter 4. And then you will do what? Experience the peace that goes beyond your own understanding that guards your what? So it's a security system, Thanksgiving. And sometimes when we go through trials, we can lose our mind. Y'all ain't talking to me. And losing our mind causes us to say, you know what? God doesn't exist anymore because we're trying to figure it out. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you. Let me, let me, I, I need to maybe say this. If God hasn't given you a clear understanding of why something happened, just keep praising him. Because your questions, if you're not careful, if they're not led by the Spirit, can get you in trouble. Whenever you pursue knowledge without God's backing, you can end up like Eve. You ain't talking to me. She, she reached out for knowledge without God's backing. And it caused all mankind to fall. Y'all ain't talking to me today. Knowledge is healthy if you do it under the supervision of God. That's why we need the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. He guides us. He makes sure we don't get off track in all of our studying. Conspiracy theories. Y'all ain't talking to me. You can study all the conspiracies you want to on YouTube and be left just as confused as when you started. Because if it's not guided by the Holy Spirit, you would, you, you'll be talking about Hitler is still alive, Tupac still alive, because you, somebody saw him on the street. Y'all ain't talking to me. Elvis is still in the building. Y'all ain't talking to me. Y'all laughing, but how you know, how, there's some people that might actually believe that, that they seen Elvis. I don't care where his grave is. I saw him. Because you, we can all lose our mind if it not be for the grace of God, the mercy of God. So I say that to say that worship is a security guard for our mind. So the Bible says that in so many words, no one has an excuse for not knowing God. Okay? In other words, God, and I believe even a step further is that knowing that God exists. Tell your neighbors and neighbor, God exists. No one has an excuse for knowing God. Part of knowing God is knowing that He exists. The Bible says this clearly, but what has suppressed that truth? Wickedness. Sin. So, it really, originally, really, there was no question probably of whether or not God was real. Everybody knew God was real. Matter of fact, you'll see in most nations, really every nation, you always have a sense of worship to something. Now, they might not be worshiping the right God, but they believe a God exists. You see it everywhere in Africa. You, you know you see it in Africa, man. They start beating that drum and start dancing and start, that's where we came from. We worship in the water over there, some of us. Y'all ain't talking, I'm so glad about my roots. I, well, I tell you, I ain't happy about all of my roots, amen. Some of my roots were just the devil, amen. I'm just telling you that right now. Some of you got offended. I'll go to another nation. I can't, y'all can't stop me from being black. I'm still black and I said that. Amen. He, he must not be black. No, trust me, I'm black. Trust me. Look at my, look at my license. Amen. 
So here's the point I want to say is that there's always been a sense of worship, I believe, in this world. Because people, I believe, have always sensed, most people, and it, and it begins to, I believe it began to diminish over time, but most people believe that there was some God somewhere. Now you say, well, I don't need to hear this, Pastor Josh, but you might need it for your kids, what I'm giving you today. You might need it for that person to ask you a question in your job. And sometimes gods even become cars. They become games. Oh, how I work. Some people might worship Curry. He don't know you. Amen. I'm sorry, Curry, play basketball? Yeah. Because there's always this sense of worship that I believe was given to us by God to be totally directed to him. I believe that's to be evidence that God, he's there. Now, obviously, some people worship the wrong thing. My point in saying this is that people have no excuse for not knowing God. Psalms 14, verse 1 tells us something else. Psalms 14, verse 1 tells us that for a person to say God doesn't exist, they're what? They are corrupt. Their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. It says, only fools say in their heart, there is no God. Amen? So we know that God exists. So 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 is right there on your outline. It says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds what? Foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are what? Spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can do what? Evaluate some things. It says all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the what? Okay? So amplified version in this. Let me read this in the amplified version. It says in verse 14, let's go back to verse 14. It tells us, but the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly. In other words, they're foolish, meaningless nonsense to him, and he is incapable of what? So there's some things that we are incapable of knowing until we come to Christ. Are y'all with me? You can't understand, because you got to understand our minds, first of all, they've been affected by sin. That's first of all. So our mind, if you saw the first Adam, the first Adam was probably one of the, we would call him probably the smartest man in the world. Because his mind had not been contaminated yet by sin. Everything was contaminated by sin when they fell, even the brain. But I think it says that we only use like how much of our brain? Like a, a tw- 20, t- 20%? Less than that? So what happened to the other 80%? Why aren't we using that capacity? It's probably because sin has suppressed it. Y'all ain't talking to me. And so there's some things that I believe Adam could pick up that we can't pick up these days because why? Sin has crept in. That's why people say all sin did was just cause me to die. No, sin messed up everything. It threw the whole system off. That's why the ozone layer is depleting, all this crazy stuff, because sin affected every area of life. Are y'all with me today? So the Bible says that a natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings, revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, meaningless nonsense to him, and he is, he is what? Incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing. That's why there's some things you shouldn't even talk to unbelievers about because they can't get it. Y'all ain't talking to me. They won't get it. You said, I'm going to teach them about speaking in tongues. They're not even saved yet. They haven't even come to know God, and there are some of us even in this room, maybe far from God. You don't, you don't understand some things, but it's all about your relationship with God. God helps you to know God. You can't know God without God. Amen. 
Capable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, becoming better acquainted with them because they are what? Spiritually discerned and estimated and what? So we know this, that there are some things we can only learn as spiritual people. There's something, so that means there's some things we will constantly miss if we just, if we sell ourselves short to just being a natural man. Are y'all with me? So with that being said, let's go in. So the first point that I want to say is that science is not anti-God. You say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Science is not against God. Science is something, now somebody said, Pastor, what are you talking about? It, it, it means science is just simply there to observe and to experiment, which brings me to my other blank I want you to fill out. This is because God is observable. We just read that God is clear, it's obvious, his nature is everywhere, it all reflects him. The Bible even says, taste and what? See that the Lord is good. The problem that we have with talking, see, no one can ever, listen to me closely, no one can ever tell me that Brother Glenn doesn't exist. No one can ever tell me that Brother Brian doesn't exist. No one can ever tell me that Mother doesn't exist. No one can ever tell me that the Lamores don't exist. No one can ever tell me that Brother Joe doesn't exist. No one can ever tell me that Anthony Foster doesn't exist. That Daquan doesn't exist. You know why? Because I've, I've met them before. You know how people can argue you out of your belief because you don't have an encounter to support it. See, God, see, God is observable. I can, the Bible even says, test me and see will I not open up the windows of heavens. He's testable. You can test God. Y'all ain't talking to me. You can experiment with God. That's what some of y'all found out when you gave. You got more money than you ever had. Why? Because he can be observed. He can be tested. So look at this, what I'm saying. God is not anti-science. And he's not, and science is not anti-God. Why? Because science in its futile way is just seeking to explain something through observation and through experiment. Are y'all with me? Okay? So we realize that, that, that science is not anti-God. It's because God is observable. But if you, if you never had an encounter with God, it's going to be hard to say that. Amen. But I've had, how many of you have had an encounter with God? Amen. Psalms 34 verse 8 talks about tasting and seeing the Lord is good. Let me give you another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse, verse 18. Amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, he's observable. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18 says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on what? Things that cannot be what? Seen for the things we see now will what? But the things we cannot see will what? So how many know that there are things that still exist even though you can't see them? Just because you don't see it don't mean it doesn't exist. Amen. Okay, so what's the first point? Science is not anti-God. Now, people make it out to be that way, but it's not. You know, whether you believe it or not, Einstein, I was reading up on him, Einstein actually never was with the evolution idea. Einstein believed in the sense that the earth had to be created. He didn't necessarily believe like we believe, but he was one of the smartest men ever. He believed, he notioned to the idea that, that the world or the earth was created. We also look at Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton, y'all ever heard of Isaac Newton? He believed in God. Pascal, he believed in God. It's not really till you get to the later, the more modern scientists that you start seeing people trying to refute the existence of God. These men believed in God. Now, again, I'm not saying they were preachers of the Word. I'm not saying they were most, the most devout Christians, but they at least had a sense that God existed. By the way, 
on the question that says these scientific things refute religious claims, this is not a religion that we have. This is a relationship. Amen. So just for the record, when you're in relationship with somebody, how do you think about it compared to being in religion with somebody? So, so we see that we got Isaac Newton, we got Pascal. We, I just said earlier that Luke was a doctor. Amen. My sister Faith is a doctor. God is not. And this is what happens. This is what, this is what happened in the church. They might have said, you can't go do certain stuff because that would make you further away from God. No, it won't. It will bring me closer to God. Matter of fact, if I'm not studying right, that means I'm getting farther from God. If I am studying right, that helps me get closer to God. Because sooner or later, I'm going to tap into God. Y'all ain't talking to me. If I'm really, people say, what about the people that don't know God over in a remote desert? If they're really seeking God, I believe God will help them find them. Jesus, if he has to appear himself to somebody, he will. Amen. So that they can find him. Are y'all with me? Because God, science is not anti-God. This is because God is observable. And I don't, I don't believe that God is afraid to be put on the spot every once in a while. In other words, if you say, God, if you're real in this area, then show up and show out. How many people know people that got saved because they said, God, if you're, not, if you, if you're real, prove it right now. And God showed up to them. There was a word that came to confirm their, their prayer time. There, 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 was a, there was something that happened to let them know that God existed. God doesn't mind being put on the spot because God is a God that will prove himself if he has to. Are y'all with me? He's not controlled by us, but he is. He can be proved. Amen. So, number two, God is not anti-intellectual, which means God is not against your smarts. God is not against your degrees. God is not against your knowledge. God is not against your wisdom. Matthew, Matthew, actually Daniel chapter 2 verse 21 says this. It kind of hits us up with, with this idea about God. Daniel chapter 2 verse 21 is actually on the outline. You can pick it up, Daniel 2 verse 21. It says, he controls the course of the world events. He removes kings and sets up what? And sets up what? Other kings. In other words, he then goes on and says, he gives what? To the what? And knowledge to who? How many of you know that God is the source of knowledge? He's the source of wisdom. So you can't find out nothing that he don't already know because he knows it all. Tell your neighbor, they say God is a know-it-all. The Bible says he's omniscient. Daniel chapter 1, verse 17 says something else. Go with me. Daniel chapter 1 says, God gave these four young men, this is including Daniel, an unusual aptitude for what? Understanding every aspect of what? And it didn't just say the Bible. It said everything. How many of you know that when you go and pray for your children, or if you're in school, you pray before you go to school, that God can give you a greater aptitude to learn what the teacher is teaching? Because God said, I created their mind. Matter of fact, I'm going to program your mind to know what their, their mouth is going to say today. So you'll better understand what's happening in your professor's class. I dare you to go and pray before every test. I dare you to go pray before every time you study and say, Lord, give me the aptitude to understand every aspect of this science, this biology, this business class I'm in. Give me, give me aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. So we understand that God, and understand Daniel and them were in a very secular environment. They weren't in a church. Amen. In a sense, Daniel was the leader of a bunch of wizards and witches. He was the leader. Amen. They all had this aptitude or this desire to try to interpret dreams. So it would be almost like he was the leader of Harry Potter school. Okay? But he obviously had the right spirit. They had the wrong spirit. 
And so they were, these men were wise. They could interpret dreams. In a sense, Daniel was like a prophet. And so what I'm just simply trying to say is that God is not anti-intellectual. He's not against intellect. He's not against wisdom. Number three, science becomes weak when it uses natural means only to explain the world in which we live. In other words, only when you relegate this life to what you can see, taste, touch, feel, and hear, that's when it becomes a problem. Because how many know there? You know, how many know there are things that don't exist that you can't see, and there are things that do exist that you can't see. And how many know that just because you see something don't mean it exists? Okay, let me go to the Instagram world. There are things we see every day on Instagram that we see that don't really exist. That's what we call filters. When people filter their picture, that ain't really them. He said, that person is that person's this complexion. They ain't that complexion in real life. That don't even exist, but that's the way it looks. That's even what magicians do. They play on your mind. They, they make you think you're seeing something that you're really not. So just because you see it doesn't mean it exists. Are y'all with me? It, it, you know, there, there's some, there, there's some, <laughs> there, there's some, I need to be careful how I say this. You know, a man divorced his wife because she had so much plastic surgery that when the baby came out, he said, whose baby is this? Because she looked like something that she really wasn't. He believed that's the way she, y'all ain't talking to me. But her genes told on her. Because what you always see doesn't mean it's real. It may exist in the sense that the enemy, the Bible says the enemy can appear as a what? That doesn't mean he is one. Looks can be deceiving. Come on, married couples. People can look like they got money, but they ain't got no money. Let me go to the side. People can look like they got some money, but they don't have any money. It can look like somebody here, but it ain't they real. Y'all ain't talking to me. Because looks can be what? That's all we're saying here. And if we base everything on taste, touch, see, feel, and hear, to believe. That means that if we can't taste, touch, see, feel, and hear, then we don't believe it. But 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 says there are things we cannot see. For instance, how many of you believe in oxygen? Have you ever seen oxygen? But you believe it exists. How many, it's got to exist for us to be able to what? Breathe. How many of you believe cancer exists? How many of you ever seen it? How many of you ever seen cancer walk up to you and say, hey, how you doing? Never. Does it exist? Yeah. Matter of fact, there are some things, and this is where it goes even deeper, there are some things you can't even detect until you get the right type of microscope. Bacteria exists right now. I know, I know you washed with Dow soap this morning, but can I be honest? By the time you got here, you got some bacteria on you. And it's on you right now, moving around. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. That's why we need the blood. You can't see it, you can't detect it, but that doesn't mean it ceases to exist. Matter of fact, most of the time when we wash our hands, we can't even see the dirt. But we just believe in some dirt on our hands. Y'all ain't talking to me. So we can believe in dirt that we can't see. Why can't we believe in a God that we can't see? Because we choose and pick what we want to believe. So we believe, we, we believe in oxygen every day. Breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> You believe in it. 
So we see things that, that happen that, that we don't see that really exist and things that we do see that sometimes don't even really exist or they don't exist like they're, 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 being appear, they're appearing to exist. Why? Because it's not all about on what you see. And let me tell you what science does. Science bases everything on what you can see and detect with your natural man. But how many know there's a microscope in the spirit that causes you to detect that it's raining? The, the man came back. He said, I don't see any rain. He says, just go back. Look again. Something was happening. By the way, that's interesting because he might not have been able to detect it, but could it be that there was a cloud that was about to form because water has to evaporate before it forms a cloud? But you can't always detect water evaporating. So maybe he was looking at something that he couldn't detect. Y'all ain't talking to me. Jesus, even himself, when he appeared on the scene, they didn't recognize him as Jesus. They thought he was a ghost. Somebody said, if I could just see you do it, God, I would believe it. No, you wouldn't. You can be looking at God himself and say, that was a ghost. Y'all ain't talking to me. Why? Because seeing is not always believing. Belief comes from the grace of God. There's some things you can't even believe until God graces you to believe it. So tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, here goes the third point. Third point is that science becomes weak when we use it, when we use natural means, when it uses natural means only, say only, to explain the world in which we live. There's more than just our natural observations. Number four, science becomes a problem, and not that science is a problem in itself, but it becomes a problem when it demands total explanation or recognition of a thing is equivalent to the existence of the thing. Now, what does that basically mean? If I can't understand it, then that means it doesn't exist. Are y'all with me? But as quiet as it's kept, most of you all drove here today, right? Raise your hand if you drove here. How many of you, put your hand out. How many of you understand fully how a car works? You don't. But you still believe it works. You know how I know? Because you got in the car and you turn on the ignition. See, we believe stuff every day that we don't understand. I came on the plane. I went, I went to a place yesterday and came back the same day on a plane. I got on, I, God knows I don't know how a plane works. But I got on it. With all that turbulence, I really don't know how it works. So what do you, you mean to tell me that with all your intellect, you get on something that you don't understand how it works? You trust it with your life. Y'all ain't talking to me. You get on it. You even sleep on it. You rest on it. And you don't even understand how it works. So how, why is it so hard for us to rest in God? If we don't understand everything he's doing in our life, why is it so hard for us to sleep in the storm? Y'all ain't talking with me. Because we've given more credibility to an airplane than we have God. Y'all saw how that just clicked in your mind? You know why? Because it's easier for us to believe in an airplane, a car, that we don't understand than we do God. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, just smile at me, smile at me. Just, just smile, just smile, smile. The, the, we, we, we don't understand these things, but we still believe. I, I can tell you, my, my, my niece, Imani, she just had a birthday this past Friday. She turned one years old. Give it up for my niece. For those of you that didn't clap, I'm going to pray for you. Amen. I don't know how Imani, I mean, I know how Imani got here, but I really don't understand how she came in the womb. She was developed for over eight to nine. I don't understand how God put all that together. But I believe she exists. I don't understand how she really got here, and y'all don't either. Y'all, oh, I know it happened, and then the first month this happened. You don't know what you, you don't understand all that. That's amazing in and of itself how God can take a little seed, create a human being out of it that can breathe, live, have his own little personality, come out growing. Y'all ain't talking to me. 
and then go out and do the same thing in another generation. So there are a lot of things we don't understand. People say, I, I just don't understand. If it don't make sense, I can't believe it. Well, there's a lot of things you believe that doesn't, I don't understand how toothpaste helped my breath, but it does. Glory to God. And I believe in it, and I use it every day. Glory to God. You don't either. You don't understand fully how your soap help you, help clean you, but you use it every day. Amen. So you don't have to understand everything in order to what? To believe it. So we realize that science becomes a problem when it declares, I've got to have an explanation for how God created the earth. I've got to understand, did, did Adam have a navel? I've got to understand all of these things before I have faith. But we're biased because we don't do that for everything. We only do that for some things. We're selective. Can I tell you this? Let me tell you how, let me tell you, let me tell you this. That even happens sometimes with our credibility, because sometimes we give more credibility to things than we do to him. You say, what do you mean? <sighs> if you go and pray and God says, I'm going to say somebody, you say, oh, that's great, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But if somebody gives you a million dollars, it's a different response. Because you believe more in the power of a million dollars than you do your prayer. Why is that? Because we give more credibility to money than we do God's mouth. Here goes another one. We give more credibility to doctors than we do God. You know how I know that? Nothing against anybody who ever said this, asked me to pray for them. No, no. We all may have done it. Some of us. But we say pray that when the doctors see the results, everything will be fine. Can I tell you this? Whether they, whether they see it or not, they're still a healer and a present help in the time of trouble. That even if they see it, I don't have to change what the doctor sees because I'm already healed by the grace of God. Y'all ain't talking to me. In other words, even if the doctor still see it, as soon as he see it, God can remove it right in front of his eyes. So I don't need the doctor to back my healing. The Word says by his stripes I am. Okay? So you say, just, just pray that the doctors won't see anything. So who are we giving authority to, the doctor, or are we giving it to God? Because when doctors tell us something, it changes our emotions more than God. When God gives us a word, it should, it, should, it, should, it should have the most control over us. But you know what? We say, God, but, you know, you're kind, we kind of don't see you. We kind of don't touch you. We kind of don't feel you all the time. But we can touch this doctor with this big old thing hanging around his neck. And, you know, as soon as that doctor tell you they see something, they'll come back the next week and tell you what? Oh, I'm sorry. We looked at it the wrong way. You done went through three days of depression. You, got, I, you went to Harris Teeter and bought two gallons of ice cream. Y'all ain't talking to me. You lost a whole week of sleep off of an error by man who you should have never had more faith in than you did God. If you would have just believed God, you would have been sleeping through that week. You would have missed it. Because we give more credibility to things than we do him. That even includes me. We all can do it because we can touch it. We can taste it. We can see it. We can feel it. We can feel it. Jesus says, blessed are those who believe without seeing. In other words, who don't rely on something natural happening in order for them to believe. So, as we close, five things that can strengthen your faith. Ask God for an undeniable encounter. 
ask God for an undeniable encounter. As I said before, no one in this room can never, ever argue me out of my knowing Brother Glenn or Brother Brian. Why? Because I've talked to them. I've heard from them. They've preached to me. Amen. <laughs> they can't tell me Anthony don't exist. Why? Because I've heard him play the piano. They can't tell me. They can't tell me these things. They can't tell me pop and mom not real. I know them. They can't tell me mom can't cook sweet potato pies. I already, I, I, they can't tell me that. Well, how do you know it was really sweet potatoes? It, how do you know? Was it, orange? was it real sweet potatoes? How do you know? No, I've tasted and I have seen. And by the way, y'all, please, no sweet potato pies after service. Thank you for your heart. Amen. I've tasted and I've seen. They can't argue me out of my belief that, that I've tasted some good sweet potato pie. And I've tasted some others, too. That's not the only one. Amen. For the records, before people get, amen. Thank God. But I've tasted and I've seen. You can't argue me out of my encounter. Can I say this to you? One of the things that I believe kept me and my brother and my sister going for God, we weren't perfect, but we had encounters with God. You cannot, my sister, I just um, saw a text message uh, old, old picture that my, my sister sent me about my dad. He wrote, a, he wrote how God gave him a word. He said, I'm going to save your children. It's not going to be in a usual way. I'm going to bring them in. And almost like a, and he says, I think it was, I'm going to use them in an unusual way. That was a word that my sister, she sent to us. My dad wrote it down some time ago. And, and I just think about it how, man, how, how at the age of, age of about 20, 21, God began to encounter me with his presence. That's not something you can force to happen with your kids. You have to just believe God that he will do that for your kids. That's why, see, that's why some kids are struggling. They got a whole lot of head knowledge, but they don't have encounter knowledge. There is a love. The Bible, matter of fact, the, love, the Bible says that his love goes beyond anything we can understand. But there's, a, there's two levels of, of knowledge. There's knowledge you have, book knowledge, but then there's experiential knowledge. There's a level of knowing God's love that you can only get when you experience it. Here's the reason why if you haven't cried in the last three years in his presence, there may be a problem in your life. It, when is the last time you've been driving to work and God met you? Y'all ain't talking to me. Right in your, your car. God met you right there. And all you could do was weep and snot and snot and weep and weep and snot. Then you try to put on sunglasses so people wouldn't think you were crazy. Because he was, y'all ain't, you ain't never had an encounter with God until you put on sunglasses to try to make people think, y'all ain't talking to me, that you ain't crazy. Then you start saying, God, don't do this to me. Amen. And you driving up on a parking lot, people looking in your car, seeing what's going on. Have you had a good day? Did everything? No, I had a, I had a great day. My good, my day started off. I just been with the King of Kings on the way to work, and I didn't get a ticket for speeding. Glory to God. That's why it's so important for people to go on our men's and women's encounters. Amen. Amen. You need to have an experience with God, because that experience with God is evidence. It's observable. But the Bible says, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. You have to seek Him. Amen. And as you seek Him, He will come to you. Say an undeniable encounter. John 20, verse 25. Look at this. John 20, verse 25. It says, they told Him, we have seen the Lord. In other words, they have had an encounter with Him. But He replied, I won't believe it unless what? And see the nail wounds in his hands. Isn't that what we say, God? I won't believe it unless this happens. And look at what he says. He says, I see it, the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, which some of y'all say, ugh, that kind of, but anyway, 
is healed, is healed wounds, amen. It says, and placed my hand into the wound in his what? Verse 26, look at what it says. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, put your what? And look at my hand. So that means I believe he was listening to his conversation. He was listening to his hiccup for believing. What is your hiccup for believing God will deliver you financially? He will heal your body. What is your hiccup? What are you waiting on to see? Can I tell you this? God has heard it, and he can meet you right where you are. The wild part is when he does it, and we still don't believe. Well, God, you got another trick up your sleeve? No, I just gave you what you wanted. Amen. Look at what it says. Don't be faithless. What? Believe. That happened through an encounter. Verse 28. Look at what it says. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. He says, verse 29. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have what? Blessed are those who believe without what? Hallelujah. You know, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to believe without sin. See, some of y'all, people, I'm going to be honest, some, some people think y'all crazy because of what y'all be posting on Instagram and Facebook, talking about I see it coming. They don't see nothing. Amen. They don't see nothing. They say, that person, just a, he's just a crazy little faith person that just want to have hope in something. So the devil is alive. Faith is evidence. It's tangible. Y'all ain't talking to me. It, it, it's evidence. Just like you use evidence to find out the cure for something, I have evidence. It's called faith evidence. It's, 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 but you crazy. You posting all that stuff. You posting all that stuff. But you know what? The Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit, the Bible says he gives us power to be a witness. Now, can I be honest with you? How can you have power to witness someone that you've never met face to face? Because the Holy Spirit can show us the deep things of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give us an encounter with Jesus. The Holy Spirit will make it make Jesus, let me put it this, the Holy Spirit will make Jesus real to us to where we will talk about him like we've been with him, like we've seen him, just like the disciples. Because guess what? Everybody doesn't get that privilege to walk with him for two and a half years. But if you get the Holy Spirit, he will make up for what you missed. In other words, he will make it just like you were with him. Y'all ain't talking to me. Because the Holy Spirit will guide you into all what? And Jesus is the what? Okay? So watch this. He gives us power to be a witness. When you get a witness on the stand, what do they do? They testify about what they've seen and what they've heard. Y'all ain't talking to me. That's what a witness does. So the Holy Spirit gives you power to testify through supernatural insight on what you've seen and what you've heard. That's why when you have the Holy Ghost, you can win souls more easier. Why? They say, you act like you know him. I do know him. Because of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. He persuades me. He convicts me. When I lift my hands to praise, you said, all I see is lights. No, 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 no. But as you look in your spirit, you'll begin to see that he is good. As you look in your spirit, you begin to see that he's a healer. As you look in your spirit, you begin to see that he's a deliverer. Undeniable encounter. Undeniable encounter. You say it doesn't make sense. That's the, that's the issue. We got to get into the spirit. Because it's not going to make sense to our minds. Somebody said, I, it just got to make sense to me. Get an encounter with God and see how much that makes sense. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this. Sometimes even with God, let me tell you this. Even with God, you encounter him, you learn something about him. And then, then, then what you learned about him will cause you to make a question about something else. You say, God, I just found out something new about you. Then you say, well, if that's the case, then why is this? You, you formed a whole new question.
say an undeniable encounter. Study the miracles of God. Scripturally and currently. Study the miracles. Say the miracles of God. Hmm. When's the last time you've seen a miracle? By the way, I'm going to tell you what your reasoning would do. It says, well, there is a lot of people that have money too. So it's not just financial provision. Of God. Okay, all right. Well, how about this? There was a man dead for three days. Not in Jesus' day, but in, in, the, in, in, in the year 2000, after the year 2000, he was dead for three days. He went into a meeting. When he went into the meeting, he was dead, by the way, but he had a praying wife. His wife brought his dead body into the meeting. And by the end of the meeting or after the meeting, he came back to life. Now, how does your science work with that? Help me to explain how a man who was once dead, not in Jesus' day, but in our current day, was dead for three days. A doctor confirms this. He comes back to life in our modern day. That's a miracle. Jesus said, if you don't believe me, at least believe me because of what you what, see me do. There are, certain mir- there are certain times that God does call us to believe him through what we seek. That's lower level faith, by the way. That means you have to see it to believe it. So, 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 so say, study the miracles of God. There was a man who, uh, his, I won't say his name, but as he ministered, a literal halo came over his head. You can see it online right now. There's a picture of a halo over his head. It's a light that shows up. See, these are the kind of things I grew up with. So when people came to me with all this other stuff, it didn't really matter. I had already tasted and seen. See, I've been in a youth service where I start seeing demons come out of people. Some of the nicest kids maybe you ever want to meet. But when the demons start coming out of them, it wasn't nice. Y'all ain't talking to me. Why? Because these things exist. And what we're trying to do is give kids a whole bunch of words rather than a whole bunch of power. The Bible says he confirmed his words with signs and wonders. So anybody that preaches a message, Jezebel, one of the things she does indirectly, she takes the power out of the church. Because first of all, she messes up the message, which then messes up the power. So you don't have the right miracles coming because you don't have the right message being preached. If I'm preaching you a self-help message just like everybody else, then I'm not preaching you straight from the Holy Spirit. Now, you will be helped from, by, by our message. But if I'm just preaching you a self-help message, anybody can do that. But when you preach a message that comes from heaven itself, he'll back it with heaven. Y'all ain't talking to me. So, so watch this. Miracles. Say miracles. When's the last time you lay hands on the sick and you've seen them recover? I'm not a preacher. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe, not that are apostles, not that are prophets, not that are pastors, not that are teachers. You should be seeing miracles in your house. Y'all ain't talking to me. Say name because he's a miracle worker, way maker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to just sing about a God that I can't experience. Because you know what? There's a time coming where you're going to need to rely back on what he did what you saw him do, what nobody can argue out of what he did. You need to go back to an over. That's why I believe he says, remember, the Lord God gives you power to get wealth. I brought you out of Egypt, and I'll take you into the promised land. What miracle do you have in your back pocket that God did for you that nobody can talk you out of? So how are we stretching our faith? We got to be open. We got to study miracles of God. Ask one another Bible counter. We got to be open to his word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. Another thing we got to do is, is, is we, we've got we to realize this, and this is really key. I'm going off a little bit, but I believe it still supports the existence of God and the things of Christ. It says, no one has found the bones of Jesus. You, do you know what strengthens your faith? To believe, keep on believing in this thing called Christ, this person called Christ. 
is that no one has found the bones yet. If you just found the bones, I stop preaching. Paul said, if there is no resurrection, our preaching is useless. 1 Corinthians 15, that's the scripture I want. I won't go there now. But, but listen, they haven't found the bones yet, people. There have been years, 2,000 years. I gave you 2,000 years to find the bones. I wasn't even born yet. You still can't find them. You'll never find them. Why? Because he's no longer dead. He is alive. That's, you want proof? Prove to me the bones. Somebody said, well, his disciples came and stole him, and he really wasn't dead. He was kind of just knocked out. Okay, so they sealed his tomb. They had two soldiers standing on the outside of the tomb, and he got knocked out a little bit, and he came up. He woke back to himself. Ooh, I came to myself, pushed the stone aside, fought the two soldiers, and made it out, and, that's what, and he went on and took over. No! How much sense does that make? They hung him on the cross, and let me tell you how much they were going to pierce him in the side, but they said they, they did pierce him in the side, but they were going to take him down, but they didn't take him down because they saw he was already dead. But then they started paying their money and said, don't tell people that they, he rose from the dead. We can't. So they began to bribe him. And I believe that's what the enemy does today. He's bribing people's, bribing networks. He's bribing CNN. He's bribing all of these TV shows to get them to put out propaganda that goes against believing God. Because he knows if people ever believe, it'll change their lives forever. So tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, we still can't find the bones. Amen. Lastly, make Jesus Lord of your life. You could bring this podium back up to the top. Make Jesus Lord of your life. I read the scripture as I opened up that these things, these, these things that we have to understand about God, these spiritual things, God is spirit. You cannot understand it until you become spiritual. Well, guess what? You can't become spiritual until you make Jesus your ruler, until you make him your Lord. And when he comes in your life, he will give you the capacity as he redeems you, because part of redemption is bringing you back to a place where you understand spiritual things, like I believe Adam did. He restores you back to a place where you can have not only just your mind, but you have the mind of Christ. So if every head bow, every eye closed, we're just going to take a moment. Listen, I know the majority of the crowd in here, I could just sense everyone in here, we believe that God exists. We even believe who God is. We believe in Jesus, the Son of God. But I believe there are some areas in our life that because of our intellect, human intellect, by the way, we have reasoned ourselves out of areas of faith. Maybe it's, maybe it's a relationship you don't believe God to heal anymore. Maybe, maybe it's a financial situation you don't believe God will turn around. Well, your reasoning has overcome. Watch this. Your human reasoning has overcome your spiritual reasoning. But now you, you have to ask God to give you spiritual reasoning so that you can go to a higher level of education, so that you can go to a higher level of knowledge, so that you can know things in a deeper way. Because the Scriptures say that there are things that are exist that we do not see. Can I tell you this? There's healing that exists that you don't see. See, the Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is like a sixth sense. And there is, there's money, there's provision that we can't see. But it doesn't mean that it fails to exist. It still exists out there, but you got to have the faith of God to pull it into your observable five senses realm. And so, Lord, today we declare right now as we close out that, Lord, we do believe that you are God. We do believe that you are Lord. But, Lord, we don't just believe it just from a place of get me to heaven, but we believe it in every area. Lord, as we walk out through this week, we believe that you can make a way when there's an argument on our job. You can bring peace to the storm on our job. Lord, we believe that when our child maybe gets hit with a sickness or, or illness, that, Father, we believe that right there you can heal it, even 
even when human reasoning tries to tell us we can't, because the Bible says even though Abraham considered his body as good as dead, he grew strong in the faith, Lord. We thank you that sometimes in the natural we see dead things, but in the spirit we still see life. And so, Lord, we thank you right now that we are crossing over. We are, stand on your feet, we're crossing over. Some of us are depressed right now because we have been relegated to the natural realm, but cross us over to the supernatural realm where we believe it without seeing it. Lord, give us the ability to make ultrasounds. Ultrasounds work by hearing, not by sight. And a picture develops based on what they hear. And so, Lord, right now, give us an ultrasound anointing and triad Christian center to just hear what you say and to make a picture of it and to believe that any moment that you'll heal, that any moment you'll deliver, that any moment you'll restore, that any moment you'll work the miracle, that any moment you'll provide. Come on, give us out of praise to an any moment, God. Come on, give us out of praise to a miracle working, God. Yes. Waymaker. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We thank you. We honor you. With, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't want to leave without giving an opportunity on this Memorial Day weekend, an opportunity for those that say, I am far from God. I don't know God. I don't have relationship with God. Because of things that happen in my life, they've caused me, it's, caused, it's undermined my faith in God. But today I'm realizing that even though reasoning, human reasoning comes in, that by your spirit, I still believe that you exist. And so today, I, I, just, I just yield to you, Holy Spirit, and I ask you to deliver my mind. And so maybe there's some people in here today that say, ah, my mind has been, it's, it's been hindering me from faith because of what's happened and what I've seen, what I've experienced, what I've tasted, what I've, what I, what I've felt in my life. But, but I'm going to tell you that God still exists beyond your feelings. And today, you can come back to him, and you can make Jesus Lord over your life. You say, I've fallen away from him. I've, I've gotten sidetracked. This is your day. This is your hour. This is your moment. This is your opportunity to move into a higher realm of education. Hallelujah. It's beyond a doctorate degree. It comes from the Holy Ghost. And this is your opportunity today to move into a higher realm of comprehension in Jesus' mighty name. And you say today, I'm not sure if I die today, I will go to heaven. But I want to be sure, Pastor Josh, sometimes I'm sure, sometimes I'm not. But I want to be sure if I die today, I will go to heaven. I believe the Holy Spirit is convicting me right now. I feel him pulling on me right now. I feel him pulling on me right now, and I want to make a decision for Christ. If that's you, you fit any of those categories, when I count to three, just slip your hands up and say, pray with me. Pray for me, Pastor Josh. Pray with me. Pray for me. I just want to get back right with God. Amen. I've allowed some things to come in my life that have made me think foolish thoughts. Amen about God and who he was, and I've even questioned his existence maybe, but I want to come back into relationship with him on today. If that's you, I want you just to lift your hand up when I count to three. If there's anyone, one, if that's you, get ready. Two, if that's you, get ready. Without fear, without shame, just slip your hand up. Three, if that's you, just slip your hand up. I'll pray with you, pray for you. Hallelujah. If there's someone today, amen, that says that I want prayer, I need prayer, I need to get right with God, just raise it up high if there's anyone. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you right now for your mercy and your grace. We thank you that you are yet a healer. You are yet a deliverer. You are yet a way maker. And we believe it and decree it today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody say amen. 
and give a loud shout of praise to the Lord if you believe he is who he says that he is. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.